They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. I'm your host, Chris Chipman. No, there's nothing wrong with your speakers or headphones. It's not a rip in the time-space continuum. This is a different Chris Chipman. I'm Christopher S. Chipman. My guest for today is none other than Chris the Chippa Chipman. Thank you so much for that intro. Yes, you guys are not hearing things wrong. There is another. Um, and, and unlike the Highlander, I am letting this other Chris, and I hope he's letting me live. We don't need to take each other's heads to I will uh, let you live. To take each other's power. I found out, Chris, I don't know if you know, <laughs> there are 30 living Chris Chipmans in the United States right now. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> so I plan on finding, now that I've found you, I plan on finding all of you and getting you all on the show because I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It'd be quite interesting because I, I can imagine that m- most of us are pretty different. <laughs> exactly. And uh, but before we get into um, how, how we met, because I, I think that's hysterical and get get to learn more about about you. I'm going to do my my silly little intro. I was going to have you go the whole nine yards. But out of fear, <laughs> if you don't know any of these people, I don't want to butcher people's or have someone else butchering people's people's. Butchering people's peoples, butchering people's names. Um, I, I can do that well enough on my own. So, um, yes, this is shooting the shit with Chippa. You've heard my guest today is none other than my doppelganger, Chris Chipman. Um, I always like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons because I couldn't do this silly um, therapeutic exercise for my brain and hopefully good listening for you guys without your help. So my $15 or more a month patrons are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, and Little Nikki. And a huge thanks to my newest patrons, my cousin Molly, Kristen Anderson, Andrew Byrne, Paresh Maharaj, Seth Edwards and Peter H. Crelder II. And I always remember Paresh's name because he told me when I had him on my show live that, you know, Rachel Ghoul, that's how you pronounce my first name. So that one always cracked me up. Since wow. this show is being brought to you by a connection through my friend Mike Ellison, I'd like to plug the Adventure Incorporated podcast, which my buddy Mike is on. He is one of the many people in this live play Dungeons and Dragons game that I think they've been doing it for now three years. Um, They wanted to get their group of friends back together to play, but figured if there was no incentive, it would drop off. So they made it be a legitimate thing. And now they've been doing it for three years and haven't missed a show. Please go check out Adventure Incorporated. They are fantastic. It's hilarious. And it's also hardcore straight up D&D. So you get a little from all sides. And with that, back to you, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm I'm great, man. I'm just uh, living the dream in a tiny man cave that without seeing any light. So it's awesome. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in my car outside of work, hoping that they they understand that I need this in order to stay sane while I'm there. Because you know we're still living during the middle of insanity right oh, now. My Ooh. God, yeah, it's a brave new world, isn't it? So where where are you located, my friend? I'm in Austin, Texas. Um, oh, you, you met Mike after he moved there is that Mike is that and how? Mike and I actually worked together 
Um, we worked together for a company called HomeAway.com, which is now uh, known to the rest of the globe as Verbo, VRBO, okay. and Expedia property. Um, vacation rentals by owner. And that that's where Mike and I originally met. I, I worked for them for like seven years. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I do it work. I'm a, I, I'm the basically an it department for, for a company called Zen business here in town now. And, uh, and I used to be a full-time musician. That's why, that's what brought me to, to Austin. You know, I played music oh, well, we're and definitely, we're definitely going to talk about that. Doubling back. Where are you? So where are you from originally? Uh, Air Force brat. I was born in Tulsa, but never lived there. You know, I grew up all over the world. Um, I used to speak Greek, Japanese. I've, I've lost both of those. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I've lived, I've lived everywhere, man. <laughs> now, now complete, completely lost. Or if, if someone was to speak conversationally to you, would you recognize words? I would recognize some words, um, not Japanese. I, I, Japanese, I, I, I was so young that I, I, I barely remember doi tashimashite, but, um, but Greek, I can, I can pick a few out and same with Spanish, but that's from living in Texas for so many years. You know, I've been yeah, here my, since like my, 93. My Spanish is totally from growing up in Lynn, which is one of the most diverse cities in Massachusetts. And, uh, I, you know, we we learned Spanish in school, but I don't remember any of it. I learned from school, but I learned it from just talking to my friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I took four semesters of it in college, um, yep. but uh, I still couldn't speak for crap. <laughs> I was I, like, I can I, I can read it. I can read it really well. <laughs> I think in one of Mike's college incarnations, since he went to college in a se- several places because i met him at umass lowell in massachusetts he was ma- minoring or majoring in spanish or language arts and that was fascinating to me when i was in college when i was in college at east texas state university we had this little house that was um that was right outside the city limits and we did all sorts of terrible and brutal things um amongst our partying out there and we had a big sign and we we had named it um a uh, El Rancho de los Baratros y Locos Tantos. And um, we, we studied uh, Spanish over the, we took, we were taking these four like um, summer sessions of Spanish, a whole bunch of me and my friends together. And uh, those were dark days, man. One of the, one of the, one of the best 4th of July's I ever had though. I, I, I have to say all I could remember was smoke, booze, weed, and things going off in the dark. It was uh pretty, pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, every, everyone has those stories and oh my good, God. Thing, good thing we still have all our limbs to talk. About oh it. my God. Yes. My craziest times in college, even though I definitely had many evenings sounded just like that. We're with our, our mutual friend, Mike, he, he and these three other straight edge kids were the craziest bastards I've ever met. Like we had so much more fun and got in so much more dangerous situations with them than we ever <laughs> did with any drinker. We used to we followed my buddy's band around and would like go to the Salvation Army or um, uh, Goodwill and buy matching clothes and like do theme nights. We dress up like Santa Claus and dress in uh dressing oh, um uh, bridal gowns, you know, <laughs> and just show up to the shows. And you know, he would him and his friend Chris would do uh 30 
to a hundred item long scavenger hunts throughout the campus that you had to do video scavenger hunts for 24 hours with a team. And they'd hand out your Miranda rights at the beginning, just to remind you that, yeah, a lot of this stuff is not legal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. And and we had so much fun. It would have, it would have things as simple as, you know, like, um, you know, silly things like, you know, find this thing on campus and take a video of your team, like flipping it off to convince someone in public to change clothes with you or, um, get the people at, uh, um, what's it? Fudgy the whale there. What the hell was that guy's name that did the cakes? Oh God. Uh, don't remember. Yeah. I'm not going to remember it now. That that's really funny. I could remember that off a of fly, but go to those places and have the employee write the dirtiest thing you can convince them to write on a cake. And then give it to to someone we got, we did happy fifth abortion one time. That was bad. No, Um, we did Sherry no more. And told them the story about our friend Ray coming out of a coma and we were going to go get him laid. Um, We did. I slept with your wife. That was another. (laughs) Oh yeah. It got bad. But anyway, back to, back to our craziness. So so our namesake, um, you know, I, you actually told me something I didn't know about it. So people that listen to this show know that I, through my, my Chipman heritage over here, my mother successfully finally officially linked us to the Mayflower passenger on John Howland, which was known, but for some reason she wasn't able to get into the society until she proved one thing. And she's a crazy history buff and researcher and she made the final connection. So now it's all, it's all legit which is cool. Yeah, but, pretty uh, wild. yeah. You gave me a, you gave me an even a more interesting tidbit. So lay, lay that on the listeners. The, the Chip and Hans one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, supposedly this guy was, um, a French Norman, um, uh, knight or some, some type of, uh, nobility. And after the, uh, the battle, was it battle of Hastings? Was that 1044? That um, sounds like- that sounds right. Yeah. He relocated to England and to Anglicanize his name. He changed it from Chippenhans to Chipman. And so that, you know how like, like, like uh, a lot of names are like, were formed from, you know, what you did for a living yep. or I was John's son, uh, you know, kind of, kind of shit. Ch- Chipman was literally made up um uh by a guy who wanted to fit in which sounds like the story of my freaking life <laughs> right and it's, it's wild to think that because you know people go oh you know yeah my my, my italian name or my french name was too hard to pronounce and yeah it, and, and or people were racist and didn't like my my like what i came from right. so in order to fit in better in the united states they changed our name at Ellis Island and that makes tracking names so hard. So to hear like Chip and Hans is just, yeah, you know, no, it was me. I just wanted to sound like I fit in better. Yeah, no, the, yeah. Chipman, Chipman sounds very British. <laughs> it's, I mean, I would have never questioned it. Like until you said that, and then I went back and looked at ancestry again, and then you see the French and Norman track go back and it's like, well, there you go. Nope. <laughs> There's so, Chip and Hans. That's, that's how this, this, terrifying legacy got started and have you ever heard of have you ever heard of, we we used to get hear stories about a branch of the family that broke off in kentucky that were kind of wild the, yes. the kentucky the kentucky chipmans um yeah. where, where a lot of my family had continued to uh dallas 
Dallas, Texas. And, um, and then my mother's side of the family were German immigrants named Lamer, uh, L-E-H-M-E-R. And they went to Pittsburgh, Kansas. And then somehow my parents uh, met in the confluence of Tulsa, Oklahoma, somewhere there in the middle. Um, and uh, that's, that's how I came into the world. <laughs> that's, dude, so similar to me, my mother is German and French Canadian. Ah. Um, and, and here's the crazy thing here. My mother's namesake is bourgeois. And I... Um, and her father was cook. That's the, the German, um, you know, and all, and so we went up to Nova Scotia. Um, me, my wife and I, when we were first dating, just cause it looked pretty and you could get there without flying. So we went there, fell in love with it. And I stumbled upon an area in Nova Scotia called Chipman corner, right in the, uh, basin where the Acadians and everybody Holy were man. before they spread out. And I wow. said to my mom, I found Chipman Corner. She goes, yeah, Chipman Corner is you. That is legitimately your namesake. She goes, you want to know a funny thing about Chipman Corner? And I said, does it have anything to do with the British coming in and pushing all the um, French people out? And she said, yes, it does. So the Acadians <laughs> claimed themselves as Acadian. And the Br so even though it's Nova Scotia, New Scotland, um, it was filled with a lot of French people, too, and filled with a lot of Scotsmen. Basically, anyone the British didn't like, they just sent there. And then the British came and tried to take it over. So they were in a war with the French over the land. But the French that had come there and inhabited it decided kind of like, you know, the British that came over and inhabited the United States. No, we're not French. We're Acadian. This is a new name. Like, we're not in your battle. We want to be Switzerland about this. And so what they did is they took the people and left the women and children on the farms and didn't hurt anybody they just stuck the husbands on a boat in the bay for weeks at a time and basically told the women their husbands weren't coming back so then the women had to take their elderly and their kids and move to the mainland and so they moved into um new brunswick which is why there's a huge chipman and, and bourgeois sorry well chipman comes after with the british but that's why they went into new brunswick and into um quebec and then made their way down to um new england and all of our farming methods, because stuff was so damn hard to farm, came from how difficult it was to farm in France and Scotland and the Highlands and then in Nova Scotia. They brought that down to New Orleans, and that's where Cajun comes from, is Acadian, oh, which yeah. I think is really fucked up. But yeah. the Chipman Corner area was inhabited by Gaudettes and Bourgeois, who were my mother's namesake, and then they got booted out by the British, and then the Chipmans inhabited it. Then my mom and dad two, three, four, 500 years later met. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. What about Boston? Well, it was, I, do you, are, are there, are there more than one Chris Chipman in Boston? Cause that doesn't, know. doesn't Boston seem to have a lot of Chipman going on? Yeah. Chipman has a ton. I mean, you mentioned to me that the bed and breakfast, which I need to find and go to. Yeah, I still haven't um, found it. I've been trying to Google it and find it and I can't find it. I mean, I've been told about it. Um, uh, my dad, as a matter of fact, who is also a John Chipman, um, he said, yeah, if you find this bed and breakfast, it's called the Chipman house. You show them your ID and you stay there for free. <laughs> Gotta go. 
If, if you <laughs> so, find it, you have to tell me because I going. will. I'll, I'll keep looking. I, I will not give up the search. They've got to be out there somewhere. Maybe, maybe they're just so old that they, you know, they're not into the interwebs as much. <laughs> I mean, that's how. So I, I drove up to New Brunswick and found my mother's homestead. Just Holy by, crap. Like, they didn't even have a phone. Like I just, she told me the address based on where it, you where like locations that were near there. My grandmother had been in like mail connection with them for years. So I just drove down a road in um, Moncton, Nova Scotia, uh, New Brunswick, and went up to these people's house and rang the doorbell. And their answer is a guy who was a very Canadian looking version of me. So he looked like my, <laughs> he looked like my, my great grandfather, Emil. I'm like, that's me right there. And he had a shotgun not to like pull on me because he was about to go moose hunting. <laughs> and I said, yep, this is, this is definitely a namesake. Like, and we talked for a while and now we've stayed in contact, but then similarly in Cape Cod, we found the Chipman homestead in Cape Cod, which was a tavern. And, um, it had gone into like disarray and disrepair. And then this random guy bought it and is renovating it. And it, you know, it, again, you, you don't hear an address and there's no plaque on it, you know, cause like the bigger names, like the, there's Howland houses down there that have plaques, but the Chipman one, you couldn't find one. So we eventually found this place. And then two years later they put a plaque up on it. And now it has all the connections. And so I can go there and visit, you know, my homestead in Cape Cod, or at least stand outside of it and point and go, there's the plaque. But, uh, the Howland thing is nuts. Like John Howland is such a well-known character in Mayflower history that if you go to Plymouth plantation, like they literally stay in character and go, yeah, no, John Howland's house is right over there. And you look just like him, sir. And you go over there and the guy they have playing him looked like me. Like, I was like, that completely breaks my brain. And then I was on the Mayflower 2 and said, you know, I'm connected to a passenger, John Howland. And the guy plays it off because he's supposed to be the captain. That damn traitorous guy that almost got us all killed. Yeah, he fell off the boat because we had to court martial the guy that let him back on because your guys were basically steerage. Way to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. John Howland had 80 grandchildren or 84. Good god yeah it's like, right? like it's like james brown nothing else to do <laughs> nothing else to do apparently uh do we have do we, do we have catholics in our family <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> my luckily my my grandparents were protestant and that was you know i i walked in there a methodist pro and i walked here and then went and my my mother sent us to catholic school so I would go to the Protestant church, which met way less frequently than the Catholic church. And I'm like, why is everybody in regular clothes? And why is the priest married? Like, this is, this doesn't make sense. Everyone seems like, <laughs> like relaxed here. This is wonderful. Wasn't this supposed to be the more hardcore one? Like, I, I don't know. It just, it's always very weird. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Always remind people that, you know, the pilgrims left England because their religion wasn't hardcore enough. So maybe you don't want to go back to their belief structure. That that might be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these 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 bastards burned a bunch of girls in Salem because they thought they were witch. Oh, no, sorry, hung. I don't want to get burned is what they did in England. Hung a bunch of girls because they thought that they were witches. So I live right next to that town. 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, the, we're not too far from that now. <laughs> oh. I think we have a whole group of uh, Americans very much willing to revert back to that kind of um, uh, system of governance. <laughs> yeah, the good old days, as they call it. You know, when yeah. What do you mean by simpler? <laughs> you, you could kill someone <laughs> you didn't like and people wouldn't question it. That doesn't sound simpler to me. Uh, exactly. Um, oh God, what was that, that cartoon that I saw? Uh, oh crap. I can't even remember it. I'm not going to bring it up. Um, but it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was, uh, let me see. Nah, I don't want to spend time looking for it, but basically it was like, um, yeah, you, uh, we just get rid of the people that you don't agree with. <laughs> what right. if I don't agree with you? And, and you know I would what, suggest you that you do. <laughs> you know what happens there? <laughs> oh boy. Yes, yes, yes. And being against that makes you a terrorist. Remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but yeah. So, so you said music, sir. So how, so how does Chris Chipman, um, the doppelganger here on the other end, cause I'm, I love music and find myself having a decent singing voice. So people have told me, and I can kind of find my way around a bass and kind of find my way around a mandolin. And I've played like two chords on a guitar before, but I've always wanted to, play in a band whether it be sing or anything else so let me live vicariously through the other chris chipman tell me a little bit about that oh wow well you know when i when i was growing up um you know my being in the air force i didn't get to spend that much time with my actual family it was usually like summers and holidays and stuff like that when we have when i would get to see my aunts and uncles and whatnot yeah. And all of them were uh, musicians. They were either in musical theater or uh, like my aunt Susie, she's the one that turned me on to Chopin. She was a incredible piano player. And I used to just sit there as a little kid with my mouth open, listen to her play. And, um, and so I started plinking around when I was like really, really young. And then I think in the fifth grade, my uncle Dave um, who is uh, one of the Chipmans that uh, we unfortunately can't talk to right now. Um, he, um, he gave me his clarinet. And um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to learn to play this and get in band. And, you know, this is, this is something to keep me out of, out of trouble. Um, so I, I played uh, clarinet for two years, found out that I could not get any girls with the clarinet. And I switched over to saxophone in the seventh grade. And um, uh, so I could be in the stage band because I lived in Colorado at that time. And our junior high actually had a stage band, a little like little jazz ensemble. And um, it was uh, Sabin Junior High School in Colorado Springs. Um, and, And we wore these white suits with bright green vests bright orange bow ties and these bright orange and green pork pie hats. And we were called the funky turtles. It was <laughs> I love looking back on it. It was I mean, now as an adult, I look back and think, Oh, those, those kids are so cute. Um, but, but Oh my God, it was, it was pretty bizarre. Um, <clears throat> what, what I don't want to have people do too much math to date you, but what year is this? Oh my God. Um, well, this would have been, (laughs) 
Good Lord. Um, no, it would, this would have to have been 1977, 78. Cause I'm, I'm 55. Okay. Um, I'm, and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be 56 this October. It's weird. Cause I still in a lot of, I, I don't feel that, you know, and, and I, I'm sure you hear a lot of people say that, but, but anyhow, I, I kept it up and, and then I majored in music, uh, went to three different universities because I couldn't decide. Um, and before I actually graduated with a music degree, um, I, I ended up uh, getting a job offer doing computer support in 1993. I, w- I went to college for like 10 years, man. It was not a pretty thing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, then so, and so then I ended up having this kind of dual um, career. And I, I played music professionally for a while. I played with a bunch of bands down here in Austin. And I do IT for a while. And, um, you know, I'm the the music scene i just i don't think i was in it for the right reasons um and uh, i i still love it i still do it at home and you know the last time i played publicly was probably uh, um 2011 2012 wow. i i i i done uh I I I got a gig doing uh, the horn arrangements for a band of Heathens album, and I played with them at the Austin City oh, Limits no shit. music festival. Um, but my my brother my brother was the, their full time drummer at the time, and he's he's uh, still he's still professionally drumming all over town. He's he's oh, great. Um, but, but now I just kind of plink around. I'm, I make songs every now and then and, uh, you know, <clears throat> and I'm really into Macs. So I, 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 I like Macs and I like Mac, the Mac ecosystem. And I like digging under the hood. I, I don't, I'm not just content on clicking icons. I'm, I'm a command line guy. I had some Linux experience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, you know, I, uh, I do both, but, but the you know the computers pay the bills and uh the uh the studio music thing it's just kind of for my own enjoyment now i'm not in it to get girls anymore (laughs) i think i think that's the best thing man is because i i had a buddy of mine seth who uh i found out after talking to him i've met him through the internet you know i was on his show he's been on my show and he had said you know similar things He, he him and his group of friends like were just obsessed with playing music and got a sound that really fit in with the uh, early 2010s, you know, kind of like melodic hardcore, like emo punky kind of sound. And he had a good voice for it. He said they legitimately got signed. He said they were about to like go out on the road and like all looked at each other and went, this isn't going to be fun anymore. Yeah. Like, and then, and then went and got real jobs and now they, they, you know, they still, dick around and make music but like i listen to the stuff and it's like this you know at that time period this could have been a big deal for a few years right but then that's what happens with music right is you become a big deal for a few years and not everybody becomes the foo fighters you know yeah yeah (laughs) well i've definitely uh, fell into that category for a second the the one band i played with this band this guy who's still who still plays around austin his name's george devore um, and I played with him for probably three years or so in a band called the Rome R O A M. And okay. what it, what it was, it was, it was during the same time that Dave Matthews was kind of a big deal. 
mm-hmm. and and so we had a sound like it was kind of similar to that, but it was much more grungy Texas blues um, nice. version of that. So um, and but but uh, it, we we ripped up Austin for a couple of years. Um, had just just would pack clubs um, to overflowing, and and that's that's actually how I met my wife um, at one of those gigs. Uh, she was. It was a kind of a weird story. She's we're we're playing this club. It's called Lucy's Retired Surfers Bar, and it was on Sixth Street in Austin. Really cool place, and I I mean, you could see nothing but the tops of people's heads all the way to the back of this place. And the the band was just having a great night. Everyone is dancing. It's just sweat and good music, and and there's this one lady who just looked like she was so miserable she's about to kill herself and she was ah. sitting at, she was sitting at the end of the bar she was the only one in the whole club not dancing and so you know in my mind uh, at the first set break I'm like now that woman looks vulnerable let me go talk to her <laughs> and uh 17 years married now <laughs> that's awesome man like that that that's it's crazy how often you hear a story like that about how people <laughs> met. Like they go, like I've I've heard so many people say, "Yeah, this guy walked into the room with you know with a bunch of like jerks," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm staying away from them," you know. And then like you you find out later, it's like, well, yeah, no, that first impression, like w- w- this person ended up being perfect for me, you know. It's like she she couldn't have. They wanted to be anywhere else in the world than yeah. listening to you guys play music. And that, and that's the connection that opposites attract thing, right? She did not want to be there. And, and, and I, I was like, I, you clearly don't want to be here. You know, what, what, what's going on with you? Oh, I've just had a bad day. And then we just kept talking and talking and talking. And then after the show was over, we went and had 3 a.m., uh, you know, uh, munchies at Magnolia Cafe, and yes. um, you know, which is you know, kind of one of the things that we used to do after a show is we'd all you know go to the nearest uh cool place to eat until uh, you know four o'clock in the morning, and uh, it was some pretty good times, but but uh, I'm I'm so much settled down now. <laughs> no, ex- and that's why it works better as stories. Like if you tried to do it again yes. now, it would never, because then it didn't like, I always say that, like you go back and look at the things and go, why is, why was that so much fun? And then you go, <laughs> it, 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 it was so much fun because it happened naturally. Yeah. You yeah. I it, suppose. Right. If you, right. if you try to recreate it, you're going to disappoint yourself. And that's, that's the worst part is it's like, I don't know, like, and, and a lot on that other show, the blockbuster show, I, 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 we talk about how we close the store down at one or two in the morning and then end up at a Denny's or an all night diner and just talk for four more hours. And oh, it's yeah. like that, like no one, no one can, you can't pay to recreate that. Right. Right. It's not like, it's not like we set out to have that be, the memory that we're going to have 20 years later, that's the best memory in the world. Right. Because at the time it's just, we're eating cheap food because we're broke. <laughs> you know? Now our, our, our idea of a good time now is, um, either going out and playing Pokemon go together <laughs> yes, or, or, um, uh, 
or like watching the what seems like an endless cycle of of uh, great series come that have been coming out streaming on the various services. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of sci-fi like Raised with Wolves. I'm I'm totally already three episodes in. I'm hooked on this shit. It's so good. Um, but you're you're. I was going to say that's a perfect segue. I mean, this is a very geeky influence show. So that's a perfect segue into, Hey, what are you watching to keep yourself sane? Yeah. That, that's one. Everyone tells me is great. The boys, uh, the boys is, is wonderful. I love it. I mean, it's a little hyper violent, but, but you know, you, you got to wince every now and then. Cause the story is just so cool. Um, I agree. but, but, um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I, I kind of left one part, one career out. I had a oh, very, I had a very short, like a two and a half year stint as an event coordinator and uh, merchandise production manager for Niantic. <laughs> oh, and, and that's how I got into Pokemon Go. I was actually working for another game, a game they have called Ingress. And um, I was helping to design and produce the the merchandise for all their events i worked with a design team and and uh worked with a bunch of you know pin and patch makers um to get all this stuff produced like on 10 week cycles and then we'd go out and have these events called anomalies that would be all over the place and uh and then i generally traveled to one of these anomalies so I got to kind of fly all over the world with that. Um, but then, uh, but then, you know, Pokemon came out, Ingress started subsiding, uh, and they decided you know, they weren't going to kind of do this kind of like merch at their events and have these things anymore. And so the job just kind of petered off. Um, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then I thought I was going to go into cat toys professionally (laughs) but i didn't (laughs) that is that's a new one um i mean not that there isn't a market for it i just don't think i've ever talked to someone like there was one time where like i I had a guest on it was like super cool like geeky guy and i asked him at the end do you have anything you want to plug and i didn't know this about him at all and so i thought he was bullshitting me he's like well i have an etsy page for like video game crochet patterns that i make and i just went <laughs> excuse me and, he, and wow. he's like yeah they're and i looked and i'm like these are awesome how did i not know this about you <laughs> like, oh that's crazy so now I, I wanted to go into cat toys professionally okay i got, I got into well i got into I, I love cats um i i and i i had some bad dog experiences as a very young child i was bitten multiple times by multiple dogs and and uh you know it just kind of stuck with me and i got into cats and i got into cat behavior and started like reading books uh, about cat behavior and how to basically give them the ideal. I didn't trust Jackson Galaxy. I think he's in it for the money. Um, but but then uh, I started thinking of ways to make cat toys out of natural materials like cork and feathers and shit that that would not only be really entertaining to them but would be environmentally responsible you know like because this shit gets thrown away it becomes part of the trash bin all this plastic that um that uh that that you know if you go into a pet store that's all you see is like a wall of plastic and so i i thought it'd be really because they do tear the shit up you know they're, they're going to so eventually it becomes unusable you got to throw it out so i thought about you know doing something like that but then once i got into it 
deep enough, I found there were already, you know, three or four or five uh, different companies taking this approach. And I was like, ah, that market is already um, pretty, pretty well populated for such a tiny niche. And then, uh, you know, the next thing I know, this old guy that I used to know that works home away walks up to me on the street and he goes, hey, man, I got a new startup company. You want to help? Um, and that's how I ended up where I'm at now. <laughs> that's that's awesome that that's been so successful because, you know, that that's another thing where if you didn't get into it at the right level, could have gotten pretty well saturated. But I mean, I'd, I'd heard of that before you even mentioned the name. So it's like, all right, that's uh, cool. Yeah. No, it's a great business. It's a great business for what it does because a lot of people, especially now with um, everybody, you know, everybody and their dog basically lost their job all at one time. Uh, a lot of people are coming back and saying, you know what, I want to go into business for myself. And, um, and, but there's so much that goes into that, that, you know, and there's so there's companies like LegalZoom that just aren't doing it that well. Um, they don't have the kind of customer touch and the kind of handholding that, uh, Zen business does into getting your LLC filed or whatever. So I was, I was pretty fascinated with the business anyway. And then turns out, you know, there's four or five people from my old company home away all working there. And so it was like, hey, this is great. I'm loving it. And then I'm I'm learning some new stuff too, because I was out of IT for probably a total of six years and everything has changed. You know, we don't have servers anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we <laughs> everything is in the cloud and everything's script driven and it's it's uh it's kind of a whole new ball game, but I'm learning, I'm loving it, you know. And uh, they give me they give me latitude to make mistakes and go back and try again. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's the best thing about like a, a job that evolves with you. Yeah, is, is a really good job to have. Yeah, instead of something that gets stale and they go, no, just keep doing it the way you did it twelve years ago. Absolutely. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so so plug for anybody trying to start your own business, zenbusiness.com. Check it out. It's a, it's a, it's a great way to get get your uh, get your LLC your or your, your whatever, your S corp off the ground. And uh, how long have you been with them? I I started contracting with them in last October. Uh at the beginning of the month and then uh, I came on full time uh march april the uh, about mid end of april sometime is uh and so and now i'm i'm just i'm like the the only it guy and we have 150 employees but wow it was yeah i i started as a contract just like just like uh, migrating all they were on office 365 and they hated it so we migrated all their mail and all their files from that over to google g suite and yes. um and then that project went pretty dang perfectly and so after that they started tossing me a bunch more and then uh, and then they're like well you know you're pretty much working full time so why don't we just bring you on full time <laughs> and i'm like why don't you <laughs> so yeah no life's good life's good i yeah i wish you could be my brother john he's 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 an amazing dude too he's probably the closest my closest friend in the world and luckily he lives in austin too with his family so i get well, that's to, awesome i get to talk to him and see him all the time sometimes even go here and play the damn drums <laughs> nice well hey um 
a, a plug for something outside. If you didn't know, I do this. Um, I've only done one of them, but uh, I started a thing because of my want to sing and this COVID thing happening. I said, well, there's a whole bunch of people sitting at home that have time. And I reached out to some buddies of mine that are in an Irish like folk duo band and said, hey, I want to sing like would you guys want to cover a song together like remotely, you know? And so like we, we did that. So if, if you ever wanted to do a Chipman song, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Just pick something like record I, in something and send it my way and just sing over it. That would be hilarious. Absolutely would do that. Um, you know, uh, I, I actually have a, a couple of things that I've already done here recently over the COVID thing. Just, just two different songs. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, and my brother, he's, he's got a hold of that app acapella. Have you seen uh-huh. that? And, uh, he did this crazy ass song about his dogs the other day and he's actually doing some singing too. He, he's got this kind of, he likes to sing kind of like Ray Wiley Hubbard, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with him? Uh, the yes. funniest meme I ever saw was they, they, they took the images from the state farm commercial. And with the lady going, who are you talking to at three o'clock in the morning? And the guy says, it's Ray from snake farm. And she's like, who is that? And then it shows a picture of Ray Wiley holding the snake. And it's like, it's Ray from snake farm. And she goes, well, it just sounds nasty. (laughs) He goes, well, it pretty much is. Yeah. (laughs) If you've heard, heard that song, it was, it, it, it ripped me up for like three days. I kept on just going back. I'm like, honey, this is the funniest meme I've ever seen. <laughs> and what's really funny is I actually know the guy and um I don't think he's seen it yet. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but it's oh, a goddamn riot. But yeah, it's uh I love this town. It's hard to leave. Yeah, it's it's one of those places I got to get to. Everyone that's ended up there loves it and kind of just stays. It it really is cool. Uh um it's it's like it's it's like the Texas that that Texas should be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's a little oasis with 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 nut job conservatives all around us. <laughs> but Travis County itself is, um, I think, eighty five percent Democrat. It's some wow. just nutty number. Um, I didn't think Texas as a state allowed that. Yeah, well, they don't like it. That's for sure. I mean, when when old what what's our governor Greg Abbott started doing stupid shit during the uh, virus, our our mayor was just like, "Well, yeah, okay, but we're gonna do this." <laughs> I, I I love um, <laughs> Massachusetts. We have strangely a, a Republican governor or set, set, or set, which is weird. Senator that is weird. weird. And, but he like, like credit where credit is due has been like, no, like we're going to keep people inside and keep mask laws. What is wrong with you? Like, and I'm like, wow, like, or I have no idea how he ever got elected, but he's, I feel he's done a great job during this. He's, he's done such a good job that he makes all of the hardcore conservatives have rallies calling him Hitler. (laughs) 
because he makes them want to wear masks. Well, I mean, you just in, never in know. Massachusetts. <laughs> well, look at look at Cuomo. He's a Democrat. And most New Yorkers hate his guts. <laughs> uh, it's so weird how 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 messed up this year has made everybody. Yeah, <laughs> or, really sorry, is. how much of a magnifying glass this year? Oh, has there you go. That's that's more on is. point. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but, you know, I'm just hunkering down. We'll get through it, you know, keep moving forward, keep doing things, stay busy. You know, that's, I, I I'm just like, this is going to end eventually, yep. you know? And, uh, when it does, um, when it does, it's going to be like spring break all over the whole damn country. I'm actually kind well, of scared. That's the problem, right? Like, look at look at Fourth of July. They went, yeah, it's basically gone, and everybody went, sweet. That means we can pass it around to everybody, right? No, no, that's not what it means. No, but for real, I mean, can you? When once once a vaccine has been announced and it starts going into distribution and people are getting shots, uh, I I I just can't even wait. It's it's going to be like a a, a, a coast to coast party and it, is. it, it and, could get dangerous you know out there it'll be very dangerous and, and i'll be i'll be standing in my house with one or two close friends that i'm finally happy seeing again cheering on as well but i sure as hell ain't gonna go to any public gathering I can tell you <laughs> yeah could get sketchy it really could um the the other thing that boggles my mind and again with with all attempts to to avoid getting getting too intense because it'll just make us depressed we we're of a generation of people who lived through aids like being like the death sentence for the entire world and then to you know yeah it's out there and it sucks but you know we have ways to get through it why where are all these arguments coming from with people like ah so there was this study released that just says, you know, only 6% of these deaths were actually from this disease, which is a stupid way to think about it anyway. But, you know, people had something else, so it killed them. It's like, do you guys remember AIDS? The the autoimmune dis- deficiency disease that the whole way it kills you is by making it so the common cold can kill you? Like, do you want to go back to all those people that died of AIDS and tell their family it wasn't AIDS that killed them? Good luck, fucker. Yeah, no, no, it's well, I mean, the thing is, it's it's gotten to such a point that in order to agree with the president whose name I shall not say, um, in order to agree with him, you've got to twist your logic to some ridiculous extremes. You know, um, just so you can still be on board with that orange sack shit. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad. It's, it's, it's really, really sad. Um, you know, especially when I've seen friends and family go down that road and they're just like, uh, you know, but when it's, when it's no longer difference in opinion, that's the thing. People are all like, we can have a difference in opinion and still be friends. I'm like, yeah. Yes, let's have a difference in opinion over how our tax money is spent. I'll have that disagreement with you all day long. But you really are saying it's a difference in opinion when you think it's okay for someone to die? That's not a difference in opinion. I'm yeah. sorry. 
And well, and then and, that, and that's what causes that's what causes the the breakups, you know, you know. Yeah. As, well, and that's that's unfortunately the way a lot of these uh, uh, the the far the far right conservatives look at abortion, for instance. Yeah. To to them, it is a life or death thing, and you're a baby murderer if you believe yeah. in it. You know, um, the concept that it's just a glob of cells, folks, doesn't doesn't apply. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it breaks me because they that's the biggest argument I see. Oh, you know, who who cares about these eight black lives that were killed? What about the 850,000 aborted fetuses? And it's like, guy, guy, <laughs> <laughs> are, are you implying <laughs> that that someone gets pregnant and someone who believes that their baby in their stomach is committing a crime comes in and kills the baby? Is that what you're implying? Like, what 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 is happening? Here? Sounds like it. You know, uh, but but hey. pro 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 life definitely has its limitations. You know, uh, we'll we'll go we'll go and kill all the brown skinned people in uh, Middle East that we possibly can, but you know, don't touch this fetus. Um, yeah, or, or screw this elderly person. Yeah, we don't care about right. That either. Exactly, exactly. They've <laughs> they've they've lived a good life. <laughs> it, it was funny i watched um the movie deep impact recently to yeah. talk with somebody yeah. and, and that's actually a really good movie and i forgot that it was a really good movie wait is it is that the one about the asteroid hitting the earth yeah that yeah, armageddon yeah. with two months of each other and they're both better than i remember them being but armageddon is still a michael bay movie so that you know the the amount of dramatic impact that movie has is basically zero but um it's still a lot of fun, but deep impact has this scene where they, it's the most realistic looking thing I've seen because they have a lottery for people that get to get to live. And the idea is this asteroids coming, a lottery gets you into this bunker and there's enough food to keep you safe for X amount of years so we can rebuild the world. And literally if you're over 40, I think, or over 45, you can't be in the lottery. Yeah. And it's like, that's goddamn realistic. Yeah, no, it, it feels that way. It really does. Yeah. And you know, my you know, my favorite movie about um the the catastrophic end of the world is um one called Melancholy. Oh, Melancholia. Right? Oh, Melancholia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Lars von Trier. Oh man, uh, that guy's fucked. I love that movie. Yeah, I, I did too. I did too. It was it was it was so incredibly sad. Is that but is, it, uh, is that that the moon was gonna crash into Earth or is it another planet? It it was remember. It was another planet that had gone yeah. undetected, and for some, I, evidently, it occupied an orbit on the op, exact opposite side of the sun, or something, or or it came into our solar system. I don't remember, but but yeah, those final scenes of the planet approaching were just like, oh wow, you know, it was really really freaky. Um, that was a movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, hey, have you watched Tales from the Loop? No, I've heard that's amazing as well. That if if you like something that's just like science fiction, tragic, sad, and beautiful all at the same time, um, and and I mean the cinematography in this thing is just to freaking die for. It's so gorgeous, but it's so it's just so poignant and sad. Almost every single story, it's a bunch of different stories that tie together. 
Um, uh, yeah, watch it. Oh my God. I I'm, I'm, they're going to have another season. Um, oh, uh, I read and I'm super excited about it. I can't wait. But it's one of, one of the best things I've seen this year, I think. Um, uh, and I just, I just adored it. Um, I think Jodie Foster actually directed one of the episodes too, but really, um, yeah, she, she did one or two episodes of, um, Black Mirror as well. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> now that's something I talk to me about some black mirror baby. <laughs> I, I like how the creator of that even said, "Yeah, um, so I'm going to wait till after this pandemic to work on season six, because uh, I just can't top this, and I'd rather not do that to you." Well, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I I heard that season seven is the most groundbreaking season of all because we're all living it and we don't realize yes. it yeah that was one of my favorite memes. way to go black Peter guy <laughs> you, you did it <laughs> you got us good this time <laughs> oh man yeah i i really hope when um when the ball drops this year that they just uh like risk rick astley all of us and we just go hey guys sorry yeah don't worry it, 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 this has all been a joke you're fine <laughs> Oh, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> terrible. Um, to, end, to end things on a happy note, because I know you got to yes. get back to work. I would first like to say I would love to have you on again because it sounds like we could talk for hours. We probably is, could. Probably. I, could. I, hope, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I to did. Me, I couldn't I couldn't not. I know we went in cold, but I couldn't not have another Chris Chipman on. It, it's just so goddamn funny to me. Um, but uh, <laughs> have you seen Bill and Ted face the music? Not yet. Okay, no, no so spoilers. I would like you to, if you're, especially if you're feeling down, um, <laughs> if you and if you and the wife are both fans of this series of movies, oh, there has not been a more optimistic, happy, upbeat thing that I've put into my eyeballs in the last like six years than this movie. It no is shit. all right. I'm it is on pure it. happiness on film. That's all I it could is. Use that. <laughs> it, it is so uplit, and again, it's a movie about the world and time and everything basically ending, and they turned it into the most upbeat, like happy, non-toxic thing I've ever seen. And have you ever seen Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest. Um... That was the one where Tim Allen was on a Star Trek type show, and they actually get found by an actual alien race that thought that their show was a historical document. And thought that it was like propaganda for the war for Earth and came here and said, you can help us defeat an actual villain. And so they've made their entire ship and everything based on the show. Oh, my God. No, I haven't. I don't think I've seen that. It's got Sigourney Weaver and Tim Allen. And um, <laughs> that's an um, unlikely coupling. Oh, no. Great, great <laughs> Alan Rickman. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Um, Monk, the guy who played Monk, Tony Shalhoub. Um Oh, right. And uh, what's his name from? Um, oh, I'm going to bugger the Sam Rockwell. Wow. Yeah, Man, that's a quite movie, a cast. I can't believe I hadn't freaking seen that. So you've got to see this movie because that sounds like a bad pitch that would make a bad movie. And it's perfect. <laughs> a lot of people jokingly call it the best Star Trek movie ever made, <laughs> even though it's not Star Trek because it basically is. You know, and, like, I. It's very possible that I, you know, I, when I was younger, I smoked such huge quantities of weed. Ah, 
It's ridiculous. And and I found that there are certain things that I watched during that period of time that I completely just don't even remember. So, um, uh, but I'm going to watch that. I'm going to well, watch that. The reason, the reason to bring it up is because I was like, oh, they're making another Bill and Ted movie. I hope this is good. But obviously, like most rebooted things, it could go very bad. And then I went, it's the guy that made Galaxy Quest. How did I not know it was going to be good? <laughs> they, awesome. They just there you go. They're getting, chased, they're getting chased around by a murder robot because the, the, the people in the future now believe that since they haven't united the world in song, that it was probably Bill and Ted's death that brought about peace and balance. So they send a robot off to kill them. And he keeps missing them and like literally offing like tens of people and sending them all to hell. Cause in Bill and Ted too, you can go to hell and like live there and then come back, which was kind of funny. And so just this ridiculous power ranger looking robot, just offing a bunch of people and going like, Oh, Oh, Oh no, no, no. Whoops. <laughs> um, yep. Oh, <laughs> this is awesome. The sense of humor is just so good. Oh, yeah, good. Sorry, everybody, but we're in hell. <laughs> Good, good, good. I'll be looking forward to it. it, it yeah. It's Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter have never done anything else. And Alex Winter has kind of just written stuff. He kind of went into the background. But Keanu didn't have to show up and just be this character again. And he nailed it. Wow. Yeah. No, we'll do it. We'll do it. And Galaxy Quest. Because yeah. if I if I had forgotten Galaxy Quest, I, I must watch it again and uh, and and put it into my current memory banks. What's, what's awesome <laughs> about Galaxy Quest is it's one of those things. It has like a last starfighter kind of thing about like what if like like the thing you always thought would be so cool would actually happen to you. Like I don't you remember Last Starfighter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what Galaxy Quest has is like the kids they have to get to help them, like they get into communication with fans of the show on Earth to help them figure out how to control their own ship because like they find this kid from like basically Comic-Con. Who's like, oh, yeah, I knew I got all the schematics. Me and my friend put them together and like, you know, like so he talks them through the ship and like there's an area of the ship to get to like the thing to like fix the engine where they have to walk through a corridor. That's just got these smashy things that come out of the wall. And like, who would design a ship this way? And he goes, it was in episode 235. So it has to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. uh, And Sam Rockwell's character gets sucked up with them, even though he was just like the promoter putting on their comic-con appearance. And he was his like, claim to fame was he was in one episode of the show but he was a red shirt so he goes oh, they didn't even oh. give me a last name i'm not surviving <laughs> this man like he's just freaking out the whole okay time. you gotta stop now you gotta stop with the spoilers now <laughs> i'm sorry I'm just I, I anyway, no it's I'm, good it's good you gotta get back to earth get back to work but uh, get back, get to, back to, yeah. to earth <laughs> uh, same difference same difference but um i was gonna leave you with with you know the show is yours the sounding board is yours promote pitch say you know tell the people something whatever you want oh yeah no uh zenbusiness.com for your llc and business filing needs and uh they do a lot of other stuff too it's great if you're going to start a business i would definitely uh want to promote them and uh of course um you know uh live music 
it's not dead yet maybe support your artists live music artists on facebook or wherever you see them or wherever you're allowed to i, I guess there's some new rules facebook's trying to enforce but yep. but uh but um we'll we'll see what happens it's it's coming back and it's going to come back strong yeah, I, I hear you there. I'll leave the people with that. Someday, all of us will be hanging out outside watching a live show sometime. And I looking can't. back on this like a fucking horrible memory. <laughs> yep. All right, man. Well, Chris, thank you. Thank you for indulging me and um, sharing my namesake and being awesome. I really um, enjoyed doing this, man. I really did. This was I, I, I had no idea what to expect, and this is the most fun I've had in a while, so... Good. As I, as I tell people, a lot of my guests say, this is better than my therapy. And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes just talk, like I, I and Mike, Mike will tell you this about me. I'm, I'm, I'm a very friendly guy. And so this is, this is just the, this is like a drug for me talking to other people. It just, yeah, I go back to work so freaking jazzed after I do these. Oh, good. So this means a lot to me. So I will let you go. Um, I will send you, I have, uh, a big bunch of songs that I've kind of sung without music to kind of show people. This is like the 30 songs that I just know off the top of my head without doing any research, but it would be cool to do a, a collab. I call it virtual. Yeah. That's what I call it. You bet. Well, I mean, that's what right, people man. are recording nowadays. You're just sending your, sending your tracks around to other people and then somebody, and then a mixer ends up with it all in one place somewhere and puts it exactly. all together. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, Chris. For thank you, Chris. Chris Chipman. Yes. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. All right, man. Take care.